Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast that's still here despite your indifference. This week on Heart and Hand, welcome to the chase for 55. Hand Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar. As always, I am your host, but uh, mixing up the flavours this year, we're not kicking off the season with Scott. We're kicking off the season with the, the prod eagle son, the leading light of Livingston. Yes, it's Mr. Cameron James Bell. David, happy new season to you. Same to you, my friend. How is life in uh, on the East Coast today, given, given that uh, Edinburgh's early exit from European uh, status? What? The the Brexit has started already, uh, just from about the kind of West Lothian side of things, uh, a little bit further east. Uh, yeah, it's all happening already. Ed and exit. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I like that. And the good thing, well, the only good thing, uh, the small crumb of comfort about living through here is the fact that I uh, have far more Hibs and Harps acquaintances now than when I lived in Glasgow. Mm. Um, and so the, the exit has been fun, been very joyful. Uh, I put up a post on social media earlier on, I don't know if you saw it or not, um, that Hibs, after winning the Scottish Cup for the first time in over a century and getting into Europe for the first time in three-odd years or so, uh, still taking banners and singing songs about Rangers when they were across playing Bronby. Yeah, I, d- I did see that, and uh, I did see beforehand they were trying, and fair play, they won the Scottish Cup, we did, did a put at the end of last season, we were shite. They deserve to win the game, but um, you know they were trying all through the summer of how we'd rather have won the cup, be in Europe, than be promoted. And you're like, right, okay, season hasn't even fucking started. You're still in the first division. How do you feel now? Yeah, that's it. Their season, our season is just kind of kicking off, and obviously we're going to discuss that. Their season's pretty much done already. Yes, exactly. But enough about them. Hibs are no longer uh, a subject. I feel that we need to discuss on the pod, and it's good. It's like throwing out a pair. Of uh, dirty old underwear that you've soiled after a night on the the brown ale. I think that's uh, that's our relation to Hibs this season. And um, there was something we needed at the time, but now we've got rid of that shite. Their value is gone. Yes, absolutely. But 
what is valuable is uh, talk about Rangers FC. So, started the season off with two matches. We'll, we'll start with them before we go on to, to have a chat and we'll I'll just include a chat in more general terms about the signings and whatnot. So, we kicked off the season at Motherwell with a, a fairly standard 2 0 win and followed it up with a very routine almost kickabout. 2 0 win over Annan. Now, talking points earlier in the season would be on a positive. We've signed Nico Crankshaw, and he might rival Harry, I think, in having the most attractive testicles I reckon that you'll ever see. I think Crankshaw was responsible for the tsunami of moistness that actually happened during the week. It wasn't thunderstorms, it was women seeing him in the flesh. Tuesday night. Sun splitting the trees, 29 degrees, beautiful. Next morning, you could, you're honestly walking through Glasgow, there were floods. That has got to be fanny water. It has it, to be. It is. And uh, as an experienced cocksmith yourself, David, you'll know it when you when you smell it. And uh, that's what it was. That's it. I mean, uh, the, the, the only way you could really tell is once it dried up, if it turned out in that greasy way that, that kind of fud batter does. But, um, Left that stank. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that stench I, I have, of. I haven't been in Glasgow for a couple of days. I'll need to check it out when I get back. If anyone's there, if you can tell me, is Glasgow a wash and um, you know, sort of dried up um, baby batter? Now, the, the plenty of good attacking options, right? We've got so many, and we can discuss them in a minute. But the probably the thing from the first game, the, the takeaway that people had was going forward, we are going to be frightening this year. At the back, we are going to be frightening this year. Um, what, what was your thought on the fact that, OK, it's only one game and in particular one half, but is it just more of what we already knew or can we put it down to first game of the season? No, it's not It's not first game of the season. We, we, we saw that quite often, actually, especially towards the latter half of last season where um, defensively we're frail. It's... Primarily down to the style of play, so um, not that I've ever thought we'd say this within the last five years, certainly. But there's a part of it which reminds me of the old kind of Real Madrid um, medium of uh, you know we don't sign defenders, you know we only play in one direction and it's going forward and all that kind of stuff. So now nah, we, we <coughs> we've not we've not really addressed any of that. I don't. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to put down the new signings before they've really kicked the ball. Um, but it's a style of play, and you can put Maldini in the centre half of that defence. If his wing-backs are going to continue to bomb forward all the time, it's going to leave your, your defence exposed, and you're going to concede goals. It's that simple. Yeah, um, I, I, so, yeah. That, that I do think that defensively we'll be better for having Barton and probably Rossiter in there, both of whom are guys who are, are more defensively minded, both of whom are guys that don't mind doing the donkey work, and I'm sure the centre-halves will benefit from that. But yes, I, I don't know how often in the top division, and listen, some of the, the worries that I've... We're not getting into the Bundesliga, lads, right? Let's just calm down about, uh, oh, we'll get taken apart and all the rest of it. However, I don't think you can have too many occasions when both your full-backs are going forward and your defensive midfielder, which we did quite a, a fair bit last season. I think we're going to need more discipline and I think that both fullbacks are going to have to realise that if one goes, the other doesn't. In certain matches, you know, if it's a game at home and we're playing a packed defence, fine. But when we're away from home in particular, if we're going to places like, you know, the Pigere, like Pitodre, like Tynecast, you cannot be 
having a situation where you've got maybe nine men in, in an attack, it's it, it's just simply not going to work. Teams will pick us off. They're not great, but they're not stupid, and uh, they they will be able to pick us off. I think I think for me, I mean, it's it's funny because I think that the two games that we've seen already this season are reminiscent of the games that we had almost throughout the entire campaign last season where you have a big game where you expect to be challenged throughout the game which we had against Motherwell because Motherwell started well they started better than us actually absolutely and uh, um, and that was a difficult test I think that Waghorn's goal was, was pretty much the icing in the cake if I'm being honest um, and, and 2-0 I think looks better on paper than the actual performance merited would, then you've got the game against Bannon. Yeah. Sorry, on your. No, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I think that we we played well as an attacking force in the second half. We didn't really in the first, um, and I think that even in the second half, Motherwell were still creating chances, uh, not as many, and they were mainly due to our own incompetence. But they were still creating chances, and they can probably. I think we probably deserve to win just in the balance of play in the second half. But if if Motherwell had, take, had taken a chance in the first twenty minutes, it could have been an uphill battle straight away. But I think, yeah, so the, the the point I'm making there is that when you come away from the Motherwell game and you do think that, yeah, there's, there's been chance of that, then you go into Annan and relatively one-way traffic and how you would expect it to be. That was pretty much the story of last season. This season, what we're going to find is, and this is probably true around about the, probably about the turn of the year, actually, when we get into December, we're going to have a series of games where we're going to be tested. So Aberdeen and Hearts, I think across December, obviously the old firm game will move, but across Across December, we play all four really of the kind of league challengers and ourselves, Aberdeen, Hearts, and Celtic. And I think that that's where we're going to probably see a different kettle of fish uh, in terms of being able to try and and manage to counter attack teams who will be trying to press us. Um, and that's what we're going to really have the test of this time because last season, you know. You, you you were playing against teams who were probably in a very different space. They were more or less trying to stave off relegation and do X, Y, Z. Now we're going to play more consistent, more consistently, in my opinion anyway, in a better league than when we left it. I think there's going to be more challenge in that league as well. And what I'll be really interested in is we've got a good mix of signings and ages. So we've got 36, 37-year-olds. We've also got some young guys in there as well. So how we deal with injuries will be prevalent. And I suppose the best... Example of that was Wagon because I, I firmly believe if if Mark Wagon had been fit for the entire season last season we won the Scottish Cup. However, his injury I think had a huge impact on us. So if we get a few key injuries in the season, I'll be keen to be able to try and see as to how we deal with that. I'm going to then go through the signings and I, I want you to tell me what your thoughts are on. I'll I'll, I'll group them by position. Um, so defensively. The incoming players so far have been Matt Gilks um, as goalkeeper, Clint Hill, uh, centre-half, who I sincerely hope that we sing the good and the bad and the ugly theme to every time he touches the ball. Because <laughs> if, you, if you have a player called Clint and you don't do that, then you're missing out. I mean, how often is it going to happen? Not often. Not often. And Lee Hodson, who was um, in the Northern Ireland squad, didn't play at the Euros. He's a full-back, can play both sides. Um, although looked primarily more a right-sided player naturally the other day. So, um, what are your thoughts on those three signings so far? So, um, I know that we've just given him a contract extension, uh, but I'm not convinced. I'm still not convinced in fodering him. So, I'm hoping that Gilks will 
uh, give him a bit of a run for his money in, in terms of either making, foddering him a better goalkeeper or alternatively potentially replacing him because I'm, I'm not sold on him. Um, from what I'm hearing, Hill was quite vocal um, in the uh, and he's, and he's the game that he's, he's played against Nanan, and I think he did really well in that in terms of being able to actually try and marshal people. He brings in a lot of good experience as well. Um, Hodgson, I think, will, will struggle to get a game if Wallace and um, Tavernier are not uh, meriting being dropped, which I would I would probably very much doubt, given how well, especially Tavernier started the season. Wallace could have scored a goal actually as well already. Um, so. I think it's good backup for for Hodgson being there, and, and I think that that's um, again, like you say, I think it's it's good replacements if we do have those injuries that I'm talking about. Um, but that defence, as I said to you beforehand, I think that that defence um, will always be vulnerable. If Hodgson can come in and provide a bit of pace because he's obviously quite young and quite sharp, then that's excellent because he's going to have to to run forward and run back. Um, however, I think that, like I say, it's um, it's going to be difficult for him to be able to try and displace either one of the fullbacks. Ah, uh, see, I, I'm slightly, I'm slightly torn on the Hodgson thing. I agree with you to a degree in in terms of that both fullbacks you would say probably consider themselves automatic. But I definitely think there'll be games where a more defensive-minded fullback might be useful. So it could be that if you know we are away at Tynecastle, whatever, you might go well. We're only going to go with Wallace today, and we'll maybe shove Tav into midfield, whatever, you know. Um, so I think he might he might come in for certain matches, maybe almost a bit of a specialist. Gilks, I totally agree with. Gilks could be a good sign, and even if he hardly features, and that if he then pushes Fodderingham, because Fodderingham, you know, with the best one in the world, although he tried really hard last season, he knew that he was going to play. Right, I think he played every minute. Um, of every match so certainly every league match so uh, he knew that he was a starter and that the manager didn't rate the other keepers that were available to him having someone there might just get him on his toes having someone to work with um, might might help get him on his toes Clint Hill's an odd one I have to be honest in the 38 year old I'm the same as everybody else with that I was a little bit concerned about the age, but I have to say that every time, you know me, I watch a lot of football, every time I've seen Clint Hill over the last few years, I've always thought he was a decent defender. No world beater, but a decent defender, not the quickest. But the other night, what really did encourage me was, you're right, he's a talker, and he was shouting and bawling, pointing to people where they should be. We needed that. We don't have that sour-faced bastard defensive leader, and I think that, that he'll help provide that. So... Cautiously optimistic, but I would be a bit happier if we got another centre half. I think it's going to be difficult for Hill if he's if he's planning on on being that vocal when the person playing next to him is his captain, and potentially you're then the guy shouting at your own captain to come back and do defensive duties or whatever else as well. I think that's going to be difficult because the guys that you're talking about that we've had stony faced bastards, let's call them, have been guys like Richard Goff and. Davy Weir, mm-hmm. and I think that these guys basically had a bit of an aura of respect, and the captain's armband did nothing but just you know cap all that into the stratosphere. So everyone resonated around them. Um, if if Hill's going to do that, then for me, potentially, I would consider making him vice captain, so that if we were theoretically to either rest Wallace or if Wallace doesn't get the team due to suspension or injury, um, he becomes the de facto pick. And then all of a sudden, then you've actually got leaders at the back, plural leaders, in terms of when they both play, 
they both, as I say, work well with each other, etc. as well, so that you know if Wallace is coming forward, you've still got someone behind you who's going to marshal you. And you touched on the point earlier, I know we're going to talk about it, but you touched on the point earlier on, but I actually think that Barton's going to do that quite well as well. Um, because I think that he'll use his brain far more than his legs in this season. Um, I think so. And uh, I, I, cautiously optimistic about those three. That they're obviously not signings that are going to get you, you know, plunging down the money to go in and see them. But if they can help out, um, Hill does have a physical presence that I think could, could prove useful. So time will tell on those three. Right, moving into midfield where uh, quite a lot of business has been done. Um, tell me, in fact, if I have missed anyone. But uh, Joey Barton, Jordan Rossiter, uh, Nico Cranshaw have all arrived in. What are your thoughts on these three players? Uh, oh, sorry, uh, Matt, uh, I knew I'd missed one, Josh Windass and Matt Crooks. Yeah, so um, I kind of touched on earlier on, it's that, it's that mixture of experience and youth, isn't it? Do you mean it's a thing that you've got um, some, some great players in there who can read the game? Um, but I also think as well there's going to be plenty of vitality in there. I think Andy Halliday is going to probably struggle this year, if I'm being honest, in terms of being able to try and, and maintain a regular place within the team if you get players of that quality uh, being able to uh, to challenge them. Um, I suppose I suppose when you start at the top, don't you? I mean, it's Barton. And I mean, it's, it's going to be a bit Barton. Um, I mean, you made the point earlier on that I'm sure that the social media guys at Rangers probably were the only people facepamming when we completed the signing of Joey Barton, given what he brings and an off-the-field presence and how, uh, how keen a mouthpiece he is. Well, Scott um, was as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I suppose the thing is, though, that Barton... For me, Barton has the quality, and no one, no one disproves the fact that he's, he's not a good player. I mean, he is a good player, and he, he did exceptionally well with Burnley last season. So what he can bring to this game, I hope it looks good. He's already started to rail people up, obviously the Lego eater, um, and, and I believe uh, Lee Griffiths has now started to weigh into that conversation as well, which just makes it even better. Um, but the thing for Barton is, I think, uh, we're not going to see him you know, week in, week out. He's going to have to probably see how he manages his body in terms of games that come up. I mean, look at what we've had already. I mean, we've got so many games already this season and, you know, we're not even out of July yet. Um, and I've got a big expectancy, Davey, of this team competing for the league and all, you know, all uh, cup competitions as well. So that brings a lot of fixtures. So I'm hoping that Barton can see his way through them. Cranchard thinks exactly the same. Cranchard's got loads of ability. He's not fit. I think that you can see that when he plays. So he's, he's going to have to work on his fitness a little bit to get that, you know, up to speed. Um, but again, like you say, for him, there's parts of it where uh, it just looks like a canter to him. You can see already that he just sees everything in terms of how he, how he plays the ball, if it's short or long passes, um, what he wants to do next with it. It doesn't panic. And I think that that stability will actually resonate around the players behind the man in front of him. Um, and again, in terms of some of the other guys, I mean, I know we're kind of talking about this a lot, but in terms of the other guys that kind of come in, I think Windass has got some great ability as well. I think he's quite tough. I think he's he's got a good frame on him in terms of... He reminds me a little bit of Barry Mackay in the fact that he looks slight, but in actual fact, he can challenge. Uh, so, yeah, so um, Rosser as well. I mean, it's a, it's a proven quality, I think, if you're you know coming from his football and background as well at Liverpool. So, again, like you say, it, it'll be interesting because you know we've certainly not been shy in bringing players in. So, well, who do you think are the first picks? Um, everybody probably being fit. A co- what's that? Everybody being fit, 
big game coming up, no tactical reasons, just I'm naming my best team. Who, which three are the guys that are playing? Probably Ross, Barton and Cranchard, I think. See, I agree with that. And uh, to me, the, the, the really key thing there is the strength and depth that it gives us because, I mean, the cup final was a great example of it. You looked at the bench and there was Law, Clark and Shields, you know, and um, this is, if ever the time, all due respect... Was was needed. It would be there. Whereas, if you're talking about guys like Halliday and Holt not being automatic starters, if you're then talking about guys like Windass having to try and force their way into the side, Harry Forrester, um, who who was a key player for this. Although I, I think you might see Harry actually featuring wide, um, quite a bit this season more. Then that that does definitely strengthen our options. Barton, you know, as an odd one. Let's be honest. I don't think that we believed. Barton or Cranshire would be guys that would be arriving at Ibrox this summer um, and certainly the attitude from Joey Barton has has been excellent so far listen let's be totally honest Rangers fans here uh, I think we're all friends here we can we can be honest Joey Barton's either going to be sensational or an absolute fucking disaster there's going to be no middle ground with it he's either going to leave here a hero and a legend or he's going to leave here an absolute nightmare who hates us as much as we hate him and there will be no in between with it the ability the guy has, he should coast this league. He should be a star man. And again, the other night when he came on, first game against Annan means nothing. I understand that. However, it was great to see him running about, telling people where they should be. We need that. I, I think, and I know that this is a horribly reductive 1970s style point that you would expect to see in the pages of a newspaper, but... I do wonder if at times our team were a little bit too nice and too comfortable with each other last year. And when things went wrong, I don't know if there was that ability for somebody to go and really spark a reaction. I think I think we saw, if I'm being honest with you, I think we saw that grip from Halliday. Um, I think we saw it in the old firm game. I think we saw a part of it in the Scottish Cup final. But I think, you're totally right, totally agree with you, but I think if you're going to say... Halliday is going to be replaced, and I want someone who's going to equally go up for the battle as well. And Joey Barton's got that in abundance. Joey Barton's afraid of nobody, and I think that I think Rangers fans will respect the fact that you're right. Obviously, in terms of his past and you know affinity with Celtic and all that shit as well. I don't think to say to be honest with you, you're talking about modern day football, right? No one cares about football agencies and all the rest of it as well. Do you know what I mean like we know that players are influenced by other factors and all that kind of stuff as well? And, and I'll be honest with you. I think we've spoken about it before in the pod but given what we've been through in the last five years I could not care less in terms of where people Barry Mackay went to Catholic school, I don't care but the point with Barton is the fact that he can't talk the talk and not walk the walk so he's going to have to he's gonna have to be very confident about what he does in the park in terms of following up some of the stuff that he's been speaking about because the most important thing for me and where Barton will come into it will be that he'll use the ball really well yeah. and that's an, that's an old football club but he'll use the ball really well rather than having to feel that he has to go from box to box continuously and I think that the physical pressures up here wouldn't be anywhere near as they were down in the championship no they won't but the thing is he's still he's still looking to be able to try and prove himself at that level I know he doesn't hold this in high regard in terms of Scottish football but he will want to, to come up here and contribute he's not here just to sit on the bench no and um- Totally agree, mate. I think that um, I think that you're bang on there. And uh, up front, so far, um, Joe Dodu. 
Are we confirmed on that? I wasn't if it's Dodo or Dodo or Doda or I don't know. I'm going by what Tom Miller called him. Joe Dodo. Dodo, okay, alright. Can we just call him Joe, is that alright? I'm gonna. Right, okay, that's fine. Uh, okay. So, uh, to be proven, I suppose, let's see what he does. Um, probably the same kind of hype as when, um, you know, we had a Dua and all that kind of mm-hmm. coming into the, and Zellalem and stuff as well, when you've got these kind of young hopefuls who are coming up and you're, you're hoping that there's going to be some degree of experience in there, but also that they're ready for what Scottish football can present to them. Um, we need a replacement for Kenny Miller. I think most Rangers fans, irrespective of your leanings or personal beliefs or whatever, will admit Kenny Miller was an absolute, uh, I suppose, kind of centrepiece to our season last season uh, because he was invaluable, especially, as I said earlier on, about the Wycorn injury. Across that period when we needed him, he was there. However, he's getting too old now and he is getting past it. And he's got great energy levels and fantastic and stuff. But um, it's too hard to maintain for as long as he would have to maintain it up here if he was not going to have support. So um, if um, if Joe is going to be uh, potentially challenging him or replacing him or even potentially uh, rotating around with him, then that's good because, again, like I say, it gives us sufficient cover in there. Yeah, because I think um, that you'll see... I, I thought we saw in the opening two games what we can expect or what we can hope for from Michael Halloran, which is getting the ball, driving into space, using his pace. And he, he struggled a lot about against Annan because they had 10 men behind the ball, quite rightly, and there wasn't any of the, the space that he'll need to operate. But seeing away games, I think O'Halloran could be absolutely vital. I mean, I think O'Halloran could be a match winner with somebody like Nico there to put the ball through to him. Uh, so I think that he'll step up about Waghorn, two goals already, master consistency, you know what you're going to get from him, no worries in that regard. Barry Mackay, absolute joy to watch, you know, beautifully developing little hairy angel that he is. So he is, but I am, without being foreboding, I'm fairly certain this will be Mackay's last season with us. I think he'll, I think he'll go this time next year. If it's a good season, it will be his last season with us, yes. Um, because people are saying we need to get him tied down in a new deal. He was offered the deal to 2020, they eventually settled on one to 2018. That's somebody with an eye on his future and somebody with ambitions to play in the Premiership. And fans need to not get in his back for this. At the end of the day, that's a footballer's right, and we use it to sign players from smaller clubs or from smaller leagues. Um, ask Accrington Stanley fans about um, you know bigger teams coming in and, and taking your players it happens Mackay by not committing past 2018 has basically ensured that he, if he's not going to sign a new deal next summer if he has a good season I dare say that uh, if he doesn't have a good season he'll be after a new contract but if he does have a really good season and there's no reason to suspect that he won't then yes there's a fair chance the club will have to cash in next summer on him but that's the way it's going to go we're going to get young players coming through and then they're going to move on and hopefully we reinvest in the side that's that's sort of the model for a club in our league it has to be so it does and I think um, I think the only thing do you know the only thing that I think potentially would keep Mackay at the club is if, if we were to not win the league this season but become very close to it because I'm 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 pretty sure he wants to win a Premier League medal with Rangers. I think he wants that in his locker. So uh, he's also, I mean, but the other thing is as well, how much of that, you know, balances against personal ambition. There's an element of it where I think it reminds me a little bit of Stephen Naismith, where you see some great talent. I know, I know. But the idea, however, is that there's some great talent in there, looks good, 
can score good goals, great football and brain, good football and technique, um, and is capable of delivering down south. And I think that uh, there's a certain element of it where he might want to, to follow that. And, um, and if that's the case, do you know what? Listen, see the end of the day, I've got no grudges. If Bikai leaves next season, you know, all power to him. I hope he goes on to have a brilliant success because um, every Rangers fan should be appreciative of what he's contributed. Yeah, I mean, if he goes next summer for five, six million can't really have any complaints and doesn't fuck the club over on the way out the door then that that's great that's how your youth system for a club in our league is, is going to have to work that, that, that's just a fact right um, we have to ask then Cameron what are your ambitions for this season? Um, given given the quality of signings I want to win the league um, I, I, I think that when you watch Rangers last season and then I couldn't really care less about the Scottish Cup final, I'll be honest with you. I know that it was a disappointment. I said to you at the time when we were watching it, I would have liked to have, I would have liked to have gotten into Europe. And Dave King said that actually before the game, was that, that would have expedited that plan. And that would have been fantastic. That, for me, would have been the absolute jewel in the crown, not actually winning the trophy. It would have been get back into Europe. But what it has done is it showed me that we've got certainly a core element of that team, which we've now expanded upon, that can challenge for the league. Um, I think it will be very, very difficult. I don't think uh, for most Rangers fans of this uh, um, this generation we'll have ever seen anything as competitive like this within the top flight um, because it wouldn't be Celtic. It will be Celtic and Aberdeen and Hearts and those are just the teams who are planning on, on, on getting as far up the table as they can and challenging for the, the, the trophy. It will be everyone wanting to take a bit out of Rangers now they're back. Okay, well, if I can issue a, a, a peon, if I can ask our supporters for one thing this season, it is the following. Keep the heed. Because yeah. everyone is going to be trying to rile us. It's the biggest game in the season for all those Diddy teams. The ones that, you know the type, that they don't miss Rangers, they hate Rangers, Rangers are nothing, and yet only sell their stadium out when we're coming to play them. Keep the head if we lose a game. It will happen, right? It, it will. That's just a fact. If we have a bad spell, keep the head, right? Just remember that it's a first year back. Guys will need to learn. And here's the thing. See, if we don't win the league this year, it's not the end of the world. If we're progressing and things are going in the right direction, that's okay. And remember where we've been and remember how quickly, in, in real terms, that we've got back to this position, and to be in a position where you're going in at the start of the season and you can't wait for the, the league to kick off, that's a, some tribute. to People say it's been, we've done all this in five years. The three bears on, on the board and uh, and Mark Warburton have done this in 15 months, right? No, not, not four years, 15 months. So remember that. Try. I know it will be frustrating if there's a couple of defeats against teams that we really hate, or if there's a heavy defeat. I understand the temptation will be to, to you know, want to set fire everything and start again. But let's just get behind them as often and for as long as possible. That's not to say don't moan. This show would have no reason to exist if we were getting rid of moaning. And if those defeats come and things aren't going well, you will hear us on here moaning. But let's try and keep it positive at the stadium. Let's try and keep going in the numbers as many as is humanly possible. The season ticket sales, Cammy, over 42,000. I mean, come on, what is that like? Well, you know, it's funny because in actual fact, so there's, there's, there's probably, 
there's probably three key things to remember with that. So the first one is, you're absolutely right, the season ticket sales are now back to, to where they, they have been previously. And, and to echo the message you've given out, you're going to see, if you're a season ticket holder at Ibrox who's been there for the last few years, you're now going to see people who haven't been there. And those people, by and large, probably haven't watched Rangers in the flesh, and as a result of that, will go to the to the, the moaning factor pretty much straight away. I would always encourage Rangers fans, because what, what will happen, and, and you know this, is, is teams will come out against this like a bull out of a gun. And what they will always try and do is press against this so that if they were to uh, score an early goal, they're hoping that the, the home fans at Ibrox will then start to turn on the team. So the first one is police it well in terms of making sure that we're creating a great atmosphere, that we're doing all that kind of stuff as well. The second thing is, um, if you revere Mark Warburton as much as you've said and done in Facebook in the last season, when it doesn't go right, support him. Don't boom. Don't turn around and then think that the Magic Hat's fucked off after we lose one game. Because ultimately, the guy knows what he's doing. There's no one that he needs to prove that to. Let's be perfectly honest. He's, he's the best manager in the country. I, I include Brendan Rodgers in it. And the third thing is, and this is probably the most important thing for me, is we've now got people at the helm of the club who, really, who, want, who are Rangers fans through and through. They want to see the team succeed. They want to see the club grow. They are, at the very nature of their core being, want to see success for the club not for finance not for anything else as well but for the club and to, to get us back to where we uh, where we should be and where they believe we should be as well so when there's problems don't think you're the only person seeing it in actual fact these guys will be there and they'll see it too and if you think that the club's not been run properly honestly you need your head checked if you ever come out with that statement if we were to start losing games in the next 12 months uh, I don't know, go and injure yourself horribly somehow because <laughs> at the end of the day, this is the most important test that we're going to have now. Um, and it, it's about patience. It's about a building mechanism that we're trying to implement here. And I want us to win the league. Every Rangers fan wants us to win the league. I think we're capable of doing it. However, uh, it's not shotgun in the head time if it's a case that we're, um, you know, we're not going to get it this season. But if we're not going to get it this season, then we'll know where the building uh, needs to happen. Yeah, and we'll get it next exactly, and that, that's the healthy attitude. If we haven't won it two, three years, then yeah, we can we can start to we can start to have that conversation. But let let's keep it till it needs to be it needs to be had. In terms of Celtic, who will be our biggest rivals? Oh, and by the way, some people flagged up to me, say, oh, I'm talking to fans of Diddy teams, and some of them don't even think we'll make the top six. Yes, they do. They're doing that to annoy you. Here's a simple way to prove this. Anytime somebody goes, oh, I don't even think you guys will make the top six, go, no problem, let's put a grand on it right now. You and me, we'll witness it, stick it on, I'll, I'll video it, we'll stick it on Facebook, and in a year you can pay me the money. What do you think? None of them, not a single one of them, will take you up on that bet. Note, this probably doesn't work if the guy's a multi-millionaire, right? Um, <laughs> in which case, you know, ask him who he stole it from. But generally speaking, it, they're just trying to annoy you. But Celtic, who will be our biggest rivals, and we will be their biggest rivals, you know, they, they have got a good manager in. There's no point denying it. Um, obviously, maybe not the best in the world at identifying what's, you know, a willy and what isn't. Or you, you wouldn't send him to do your grocery shopping, David. No, no, I'm just saying. You know, although I did think after the Hillman Imps game when they got beat, and he said, "Well, it's not embarrassing." I thought, I suppose once you've kind of tamed in a bird scants and 
you know, if something swung in there, you probably like, nothing embarrasses you easy. It, it must recalibrate your entire exactly, embarrassment yeah, spectrum. Exactly. Yeah. Probably, you know, if you if your thought at that point is yeah. that you know, fuck it in for a penny in for a when you're when your one night stand can spit further than you can. Yeah. Uh, anything's anything goes at that point, isn't it? Can you imagine though, when you're looking around and going, what what were the signs? You know, when we went to the bar and she ordered a pint of heavy. Um, when we got back to the house and she insisted on watching the end of the darts, um, the stubble rash on, on the, the back of your neck, probably. Yeah, when she when she was when she was swallowing in her Adam's apple, Bob. <laughs> you know, yeah. then she's got hands the size of doors. Do you know that? I always think that's the kind of thing that if he ever got back to Dayton would happen to Scott. I think so, but the problem that I've got with Scott is that he would probably freak out. Whereas, I, I imagine Brendan probably just got to that stage where it was like, oh, fuck it, I'm here, I'm committed, I'm here now, Yeah, let's just go with it. That's it, you know. And I think like... Scott would be like, oh, no, I, I can't, I've got to phone a taxi. Let's, oh, I'm up early for work. Do you know what I mean? Some sort of excuse. I, Whereas, think, I you know, always think if Scott discovered it was a bloke, he would stop, but then, you know, he would he would have a conversation with the guy to see if he was interested in military history. Uh, that, that would be more Scott's way of, of dealing with it. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly, lad. So, who do you, who, who do you think has been the most iconic sportsman in the last twenty years? Yes, yeah, so that, yeah. that that would be more his kind of thing. You know, he'd have a cup of tea and a biscuit with the guy while he waited for the cab. That would be more the big man's way of doing business. Right, I, I agree with you. I think we've got to go for every trophy that we compete in this season. I'm not saying we'll win it, but we have to have a good a good go at it. And uh, that that's always the, the ambition with Rangers. Oh, and another thing, fans. Um, uh, I, I saw this a little bit online, and uh, speaking as your leader. Here, one of the things that goes right up my asshole sideways, uh, not not Brendan Rogers, but but one of the things that does is uh, it's only the League Cup, right? Fuck that. One, we're Rangers, we win shit, right? Two, we haven't won the League Cup for a few years, so it's not like we've got League Cups coming out of our asses and we can go, ah, it's only the League Cup, right? And three, C.1, we're Rangers, we win shit, this is what we do, this is who we are. So none of this, oh, I'm not really bothered about League Cup, I am. Um, and I'm bothered about Scottish Cup same as I was bothered about sodden petrol fact it's about winning things it's about waving silver at the supporters that's the recent detra of Glasgow Rangers FC well said and, and ultimately um, throughout the world over Rangers are associated with success uh, with victory uh, and uh, and winning things so you know at the end of the day if, if Rangers were involved in a tiddlywinks competition I'd want to see us win it it doesn't make any difference I think I think we're now probably um, in the best place we could have been in terms of having some degree of squad rotation so that we don't have any excuse whatsoever of of you know tiredness throughout the team or anything as well because now we've got capable replacements who can come in for the you know the League Cup away at Hamilton on a Tuesday night and all that stuff. We can we can do all these things now, and I think that that's why we don't have any excuse not to go for it. But equally, um, I'm never going to be disappointed of win a trophy. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. That that's kind of what we exist for. So yeah, 100% agree with that. Now, Cameron, just before we wrap up today, we have that rarest of things: a competition, and we have that even rarer of things: a competition with a prize. What is it, David? Tell me what it is. Tell me what it is. Well, thanks to the wonderful people at We Are The People magazine. I don't know if you read We Are The People magazine, but you should because it's full of good writers. Um, I write for it occasionally. My articles are usually by far and away the best. I thought you said it was full of good writers. Ha, lol. Um, I'm obviously far and away the most talented. However, 
the other ones are alright, you know, if you're doing a shirt or whatever. Um, you can read mine, and when you're sitting when, there... When you're, ha- when you're having to wait till you get to your bit. Yeah, when you're sitting yeah, there yeah. at Stunned Wonder, or when you've read my bit and you want to read it again, but you want to kind of take a break just to, to let yourself go over it, let your heart rate go back to normal, then you'll find other other good writers in there as well, you know. But like I say, you know, it's a bit like Norman Mailer and then writing about boxing and followed by, you know, Hugh Keevans. But... It's still written content. But yeah, the good people at We Are The Magazine, uh, We Are The People Magazine, which you can subscribe to or read digitally by going to watpmagazine.co.uk. That's watpmagazine.co.uk. Well, the good people at there uh, are having a Q&A night with uh, Jonathan Johansson and Tom Miller on Friday the 5th of August at the Royalty Bar in Maryhill Road in Glasgow between 7 and 9. So it's the night before the first game of the season. Um, should be a good night. And they have offered us two tickets. Two tickets. Fabulous. That's absolutely fabulous. It's a, an actual prize. Listen, other podcasts just can't compete with the content, the quality, the delivery of this. And now you're putting prizes and in the top I'm of it. And now I'm putting an actual prize. Now, there's no cash equivalent. And obviously you'll have to, you know, be able to get to Glasgow on that night. Frankly, once we get you the tickets, it's up to you. If you don't use them, I, I, I don't care. It's there. Yeah, but, and if, if Mark Dingwall is there, you have to buy him all his drinks. Yeah, well, that's kind of standard. Yeah. Um, now, I've been thinking about competition. And here's what I've come up with, Cammy. I've been watching a lot of documentaries, uh, not that type, not art house ones, but uh, I've been watching a lot of documentaries about sport, um, ESPN ones, you know, the American sports, because it started with the OJ documentary, which if you haven't seen, by the way, folks, I highly recommend. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, they did, they did one on, um, I'm sure it was in the Oakland A's as well, yes. when they started doing the Moneyball stuff, you've yes. seen that one. Yeah, um, there's a whole series of them, and they are brilliant. And even though they're about American sports, you know, like um, idiot rugby, um Soccer! Yeah, gay cricket, all those kind of sports that they play over there, um, men's netball, all that shite. Then they were still good storytelling things, but it made me think who would we support at the pod if, you know, we decided that we wanted to be a fan of gay rugby? Would we be a Redskins fan? And if so, why? So, for instance, um, if. You know, you you take my, it can be myself, it can be Scott, it can be Cami, it can be Mark. Who would we at the pod pick as our you know NFL team, our NBA team, our MLB, or you can go around the world, just not football, but from another sport. Who would we support? Who would be a person? So, for instance, to give you an example, um, if you were talking about a Celtic pod, you could say that they would support Penn State. Because they like the crisps. Yeah, I, I think that and you know no the, 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 sport, the sporting ethos of Penn State as well rings true to Celtic fans. Yeah. I think. So why would we support a certain team? Now, obviously, you're going to say Texas Rangers, New York Rangers, and if you do that, you're not going to win because that's shite, right? Come up with something good. The reason I ask that is because then we can turn it into a section, and it saves us thinking. David, you're killing so many birds with one competition. It's fantastic. Because you're inspiring people, you're bringing them up to our level. Fantastic. See, Cammy, I think it's kind of helped me over the summer, right? You know, given all the stuff that's happening in the world, how extravagantly gifted I am. And I've always been aware of it on on most levels, but 
it's kind of any level I wasn't aware of it has been filled in. I think it's because you're getting old and you're watching all these documentary things. You're starting to you're, you're taking it down a notch in terms of your the uh, you know the speed of your life, and oh, I yeah. think you're probably now sitting back thinking, what if I was to die? I, and how would that impact the planet? And the rest of us would obviously celebrate. You, in your own mind, would think the Earth would be... Mankind, humanity, would be worse off if I wasn't here. Uh, Cammy, I think I'll joke aside, we both know that that's, that's true. It's, uh, <laughs> having been to see um, Batman versus Superman, I imagine it would be similar to when they think... Uh, oh, spoiler alert, Superman's dead. So... <laughs> Uh, I, I, you know, so I'm, I'm trying to do my bit for the little people, and I, I think I can do it with this competition. So, two tickets to meet um, Jonathan Johansson and Tom Miller is always entertaining, and that's Friday the fifth of August, seven o'clock at the Royalty Bar in Maryhill. You can buy tickets for it, by the way, if you so wish to go. They're ten pounds each, and again from watpmagazine.co.uk is where you'll get them. But you can win to why pay when you can win to um, by entering a competition and tell us. Which non-football teams from around the world, any sport, would the regulars of Heart and Hand support and why? And here's how you can tell us about it, right? Not the email, because I forgot the password. So I can't access that at the moment. So David won. Uh, you'd have thought. Did you try that? <laughs> There's only one David. David169. Oh, it's not that. Yeah, that kind of thing. So... Uh, basically, can you, you let us know on the mediums of following? Right, one, you can let us know through Facebook. Just go to Facebook and search for Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, and we, our page will pop up. Two, on Twitter, and it's at IbroxRocks. That's uh, at IbroxRocks, R-O-C-K-S, to let us know what your entry would be, and uh, then we will bung you the tickets, a copy of the magazine, and, you know, signed four of Scott's testicles, if that floats your boat. Being held by Brendan Rogers and a, some, a somewhat shocked look in his face as he's Scott, holding a map. And Scott saying, Alibu. Scott saying, so which tank was your favourite in the Battle of El Alamein? You know? Yeah, yeah that, that, that would definitely so, so be. When they sang, yeah, exactly. So when they sang the Bismarck, what was your thoughts on that? Yeah, exactly. That, that, that'd be the kind of thing that would happen. Okay, then, folks, so we're back for the season. Um, some of you saw the, the, the tweet the other day where I was kind of saying um, after a bit of deliberation there's always deliberate every year I think right that's us done and every year Scott kind of moans at me over the summer until I go alright so we're back again you can get in touch with us at the places I gave you for the competition all that means for me to do today is to thank our executive producer in London Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Miles and to thank my guest the one the only the wonderful Mr Cammy Bell David just before we wrap can I just uh, do a wee special shout out please because this is how far it goes in Podland people think that we just do this and it just goes to one person stuff but there's a massive audience out there and uh, I was actually contacted in my work in my place of business uh, by uh, a great guy uh, called Scott Kerr who uh, is aware of my interaction on the pod and said the pod cannot die (laughs) because he knew it was a threat and I was like don't you worry about it as soon as we can get rid of Edgar, the quality will go through the roof. You never know. It could be like when Sid left Pink Floyd. That the pod could then, you know, the best one had gone and the most talented work was behind them, but they went on to mega success. So maybe it could be like that. I suspect it would be more likely like when um, Mutia left the Sugar Babes. And then it just all I think it, I think it will be like when Bruce Jenner left the Sugar, uh, sorry, left the uh, Kardashians and then became a woman 
and I want you to just answer the question of which podder do you think that would be? Oh, I think becoming a woman... Is Scott, no, Scott in it? No, uh, I think that the person most likely to leave the pod and become a woman is Mark, so that he's got access to a set of tits that he doesn't get in trouble for touching. So he just doesn't have to leave the house whatsoever uh, for exactly. anything? Exactly, just sit in front of a mirror and play with himself, So, uh, which is no different to most of his days, to be honest. It just opens up a new, a new <laughs> playing field a, for a home, him, a quite new, literally. Yeah, a whole new vista. For him, to, for, for him to explore so yeah, that would be my take on it but uh, well, it's not going to die for at least another year right because once I start a season I, I will finish it so it's not going to die for at least another year so we're, we're here to the end of, we're here to the end of the season anyway can also just say as well to, to listeners if, if you enjoy the pod and if you really like it and you do want to see it thrive and continue etc just compliment Davey and it doesn't matter what you're complimenting him on just compliment Davey and if you massage that ego the pods will come. Yes, this is pretty much true. Um, you th- you'd think I'd, I'd even out of, um, y- you know, you, th- you you think I would even out of good taste say, oh, no, that's not why I do it, but it is why I do this. Um, absolutely is. Oh, I also, thank you for reminding me, I also have a shout-out to do to my friend Ross Adair, um, because Ross uh, lives in America, he's Cisco Bride, but he lives in America now, and he was back home visiting, and I was supposed to meet up with him uh, today, because I was supposed to meet up with him on Friday, and I forgot today was Friday, <laughs> and he'll be going back to America, and then I won't meet him. So I'll need to, I'm going to America next year, and I'll see him then. So Ross, very sorry, mate, because um, I actually forgot what day it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's ridiculous, actually ridiculous it's, that you're that you're allowed out. In no, it's the back pills, mate. I'm telling you, they they are so much fun, but equally, whew, <laughs> uh, not not good for the old memory. Okay then, folks. Thank you very much for listening. My name's David Edgar, and I'll talk to you again this time next week. Cheers. Bye. Podcast Network.